Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12 34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Quickly, just before we go to Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Uh, Here we go. Bob, I don't think you've ever touched uh, back about McDavid and how he handled COVID. Um, The only thing that came out of the Oilers organization, I think Tim Shipton was just saying everything was fine. I mean, Connor David's on the ice today. If you go to his Twitter account, uh, parts unknown. I don't know where he's skating at. It's not uh, here in Edmonton. I don't recognize that arena, but uh, he's skating. So there you have it. That's all I can tell you. And uh, away we go. Uh, and this texter is going to tie right into Elliot Friedman. Bob, if millionaires and billionaires in hockey are going to act like spoiled brats, they have zero empathy for me. Well, as we bring aboard for the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, how you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Not bad. Uh, I don't know if they're acting like spoiled brats. I think that uh, perhaps you can educate our listeners. There was some frustration from the NHL uh, PA because the NHL came back and safe to say they, they moved the goalposts a bit in terms of what was agreed to with the MOU uh, when the CBA was extended back in the summer. Is that correct? Well, first of all, I think that, you know, to what your texter said, I think the league and the players are very sensitive to that. I think they understand um, that in a time of COVID, like people don't hearing like hearing about lockouts and strikes when it's normal. Right. In a time of COVID where cases are exploding and people are worried about their health, both in terms of their body health and their financial health, they really understand that people don't want to hear about this. And I thought it was interesting that yesterday, which is kind of like the day after the NHLPA had the meeting and the players got very upset, um, there were, you know, like, you know, for example, Bill Daly was supposed to go on our Hockey Central show, and he didn't. Um, And I know there were some other interviews with some people that were scheduled that didn't happen. And I think people just didn't want to throw gasoline on the fire because of exactly how um, your texter reacted there. You know, in the past, and that's why this is very different than some of those strikes or lockouts we've seen in the past. In the past, we knew those were going to happen. Those were strategic. That was part of the plan by one side or the other. This is not. Um, They want to play. They realize anything but playing is a horrible thing, and it's a bad for the business, and 
they're going to work to try to solve this. And I think the fact that, you know, everybody kind of went quiet yesterday to tone down the rhetoric, they realized, and, and to this point, whenever they were doing their negotiation, they kept any anger or frustration out of it. This is the first time it's really boiled over. And I think they recognize that that has to be the way it is because at this, day, at this point in our existence, nobody wants to hear this stuff, and, and they see it. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's – how would you not – I mean, how could you not be aware of it, you know? And and that's the thing, yep. like, your, your, your support network says a bit, uh, and so traditionally what happens, Elliot, is the agents – can tend to fire up the players and they're going to, that's their job. Their job is to protect the interests. I don't think the agents, I don't think the agents did it this time. Tra- tra- I, I, I traditionally, think... Right. And that's what I want you to get yeah. to. The players were pretty yeah, they... disappointed uh, initially when they got sort of the feedback as where the league was going. Is that fair? Well, I think what happened was I think the, the players and agents were mad this week. Like the first guy who got a whiff of it was Larry Brooks at the New York post. Right. Yep. Like, he was the first one to report that there was going to be a request in the change to um, uh, to uh, to deferred payments. They were going to ask for more deferred money. Then I think I was the first one to report that they'd ask for a change on the escrow percentages. And, um, but Larry's got out before the players and agents as a group had really heard it. So they were already kind of mad. They were like, why are we reading this in the media? And, uh, you know, so, and I've got no problem with that because that's my business. So, but I know it upset some of the agents and players. That was on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, they had their meeting. And I didn't know how it all worked, but I understand now that uh, I guess the Players Association put up the proposals on what it's on a screen. So, whatever device you were watching them on, the players could see them. And when the players started to see what it was, uh, they were really upset, and um, like guys told me, it was one of the ang- it was probably there were some guys that told me it was the angriest conference call they have ever been in, and you know like there's a lot of different perspectives here. Some people support the players, some people support the owners. Um, you know we're going through an unbelievable period in our life that people are going to be studying for centuries to come. You know you can decide who you blame or don't blame here. The players were just very upset. They felt they made a deal four months ago. Why do they have to change it? And the league's opinion, and there are some players who believe that this was the league's plan all along. Just the bad history between them kind of boils into it. And the league's position is quite simple. They said, look, like we have a 50-50 agreement. We're not going to play with fans for most of, if not all of this year. And the revenues are going to tip heavily towards and the salaries are going, to, are going to make more than the revenues. It's going to be tipped heavily towards the players. And the deal says you have to make that up. So how do you want to do it? And their position is cold, hard business logic. And the player's position is, hey, we made a deal. Why do we need to change it? And, you know, like it's, it's not easy. And, you know, I've had people tell me, like, you know, they're not the only business that's going through this. And so everybody's kind of adapting on the fly. I mean, whatever, whatever you believe. But the bottom line is, Bob, I think they're going to find a way. It's not going to be easy. I think this now Bill Daly, or I guess Chris Johnson reported today, my teammate, that the league still believes January 1st is a possibility. 
it's going to be tough. I, you know, this knocked the train off the tracks a little bit. I think it'll get back on, but I think it pushes everything back a little bit. Like, I know there were teams that were hoping there would be a deal done this weekend. That's not happening. And I think it's going to be a challenge to get it done next week. You know, I can tell you, Bob, just through the calls and the research I've done the last two days, it's really going to be hard to get the players to agree to increase their escrow. However, I do think that some agents have done the math for their clients and they're, and they're advising them not to be against deferring the salaries. You know, as long as there's a payment plan and that that money is guaranteed that you can't come back down the road and say, oh, okay, we gotta, we got to change it again. But I do believe that there are some agents saying, hey, the deferment is not the worst thing here. Well, the worst thing is we don't play any games. That's the worst yeah, thing. I, I just, I, Bob, I just don't see that happening. Okay, like, let me ask you, the the, number, let, let me ask you a question. The number, the number is $300 million. That's the number that the commissioner wants to get to this year, to save an extra $300 million. Okay. Are there – yeah, I'm going to ask it in two parts. Uh, okay. First, do you think there might be some owners in the league right now that are sitting saying maybe we're better off not playing at all? Yes, but I don't believe the commissioner uh, feels that way. As a matter of fact, I know he doesn't feel that way, and governors have told me he doesn't feel that way. As a matter of fact, he feels the exact opposite. Do I believe there's some teams who say it would be better not to do it? Yes, I, I think there are, but I don't believe that's a majority. All right. Uh, the other question I was going to have, I mean, people, <laughs> we're going to have a, we could, I could foresee a scenario in this province where we're going to have a, a bit of a battle potentially between private and public sector. I see the stuff on the text lines every day in our Ashley Fine Floors text line, they, you know, because there's been a lot of small businesses and private sector companies that have just been pounded. And yep. uh, there's very strong representation. Uh, from groups like the Alberta Federation of Labor for, uh, you know, union employees, and unions are important. Uh, but maybe those guys are, you know, a lot of those uh, individuals are being paid full right now, and they're in very important positions. They're also influencing some decision-making. Where I'm going to go with this is prorating. Does this circumvent? So if the players agree to this, uh, if they agree to the deferral, and they work, they do a workaround on the escrow, does this circumvent? the need to prorate for the season? I'm told yes. If they can get a deal on this, I'm told the answer to that question is yes. And that's why the league did not suggest prorating because they know it's a big problem <laughs> to this point. Yeah. Because if I put this out there right now, like I'm just going to throw it out there right now for our listeners, and you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. How many, if we play a 48-game schedule, let's say it starts January 21st. Now, there, there's, there's, a deal on, there's a deal on the table, Bob, for 60 right now. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. most my guess is most of the listeners to this show would say the players should get paid for 60 of the 82 games. In spite of you know, what was a like, that's how a lot yeah. of people would think, Elliot. You can understand that. And I, yeah, you know what? Everybody can think the way they think. Like, I, I don't have any problem with this. And, uh, but, you know, the players look at it like they signed a deal that said 72%, yeah. you know, four yeah. months ago. And that's yeah. the way they feel. So, yes. I mean, yeah. people can say what they want to say. It all matters what you negotiate, right? And that's what we're doing again. We're doing another negotiation. So, 
Yeah, there's there's a deal on the table, Bob. I believe the league and the players, there's some fine-tuning that can happen there. But right now, they've both kind of agreed without, you know, having it hammered down on paper. But they've, I don't even know if I called a verbal agreement, but for the sake of this conversation, yes. I called a verbal agreement that they have a 60-game schedule on tap with a Canadian division, three U.S. divisions. I think there's a week or two between the end of the regular season and the playoffs starting so that, um, you know, if you need to make up any games, you can. Somebody told me playoffs began mid-May. It might be beginning of May. And I believe the last possible day of the Stanley Cup final is July 15th. But that's what we're looking at. And you only play against your own division. And... If you want, I can run down. Now, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN had something on his Twitter yesterday saying he believed those were the divisions. I believe he's right. So the divisions are, uh, obviously, it's Canada. And and then there's three U.S. divisions, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Philly, and Washington. Yes. Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Tampa. And the, and the other one is Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, San Jose, and Vegas. That's going to be a tough schedule for Minnesota. Uh, the irony of the situation for Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver is the Canadian division is going to be tougher than the Pacific division. Yes. There's, I, I was talking about this uh, down uh, in your, neighbor, your, your friendly neighbors to the south there, Calgary today. Yeah. Uh, my Friday morning hit there, like, Ottawa's really improved. There are no weak sisters in the Canadian division. Yeah, no, it it would be, uh, it's well, it'll make it fun for sure. And for you guys yeah. at NHL Hockey and Rogers, it would be an absolute, uh, you know, viewing's windfall. There's no question. There's greater, way greater numbers when two Canadian teams play. So that'll be great for uh, uh, Rogers, who and are. We're gonna have, and we're going to have back to backs, too. So when teams come in to play the Oilers, they'll play two nights back to back. Yeah, so so there you have it. We're joined right now by Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort Casino. Elliot, uh, what is why? Like, I mean, we you know Louis DeBrusque, who's who's taken the month of November off, but Jake's contract still not done in Boston. Uh, there's a bunch of restricted free agents. Matthew Barzell's not done. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, yeah. Columbus. What what's happening with these RFAs? I just think that um, you know, I I think that I, I just think that there's time, right? Like, the Islanders need to clear space. You know, you can go 10% over the cap in the summer, but, you know, what what use does that do to you when you got to clear it anyway? Now, I think it is more likely than not that Barzell is going to sign a short-term deal. Okay. Um, I, just, I just heard, now, barring their ability to do something, um, I just heard the long-term thing, the numbers just couldn't work right now. And so they, it, it, I heard it's more likely than not, and it could always change, but I heard it's more likely than not it was going to be a short-term deal. Dubois, Columbus was worried about an offer sheet. I don't know why. I, I didn't really see one this year. I could be, again, I could be wrong, but just with the money being where it is this year, I didn't really see it. Um, but Columbus, I think, is still looking to do some things. Like they just lost Nyquist for a, a good chunk of the year. So, and I think Columbus has been on both Hoffman and uh, Granlund, and I don't know if they could do both, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do one. Um, but I, but Kekalani was quoted as saying he's confident he's going to get Dubois done, and I assume he will. So, 
I mean, just the thing right now is business has just kind of come to a halt, eh, Bob? So yes. I think once we know when we're going to play, you know, deadlines for action. I'm at 95% that we're going to play. What about you? Yeah, I mean, we're. I think we're going to play. Like, like hey, there, there's something we're at the mercy of, right? Yes. And that's COVID. And, you know, we just had news here in Toronto that salons and gyms and, and things are getting shut down on Monday. So, you know, like, I mean, the numbers are going up. Um, the holiday season is coming. You know, it's, it's a really challenging time, um, you know, that, that interferes with everything. But, you know, based on just if COVID allows us to play, we're going to play. I, I just – I can't see them not finding a way to play. I just don't see it. Elliot, as always, we appreciate your time. Sounds like Max is ready to get you back to work here. So uh, we'll uh, hook up next Friday, he's okay? Playing, uh, he's, he's playing uh, video games right now, but we're going to go out and shoot at uh, some uh, tennis balls at a net target in a few minutes. All right. We'll have some fun with that. You take care, Elliot. All right. Take care, buddy. That is Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and on Rogers for the River Creek Resort and Casino. It is 12.50 in Edmonton. We're going to step out. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll give you a bit of an update on the Oilers farm situation for our friends at J- James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It is 12.52 in Edmonton. I want to tell you, Roos Chris Steakhouse is the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton-owned and operated. It's open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Just had Elliot Friedman. Elliot joins us every Friday for the River Cree Resort and Casino. And Elliot was our Oilers now headliner today for Touchback Safety. A family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Touchback safety training sessions still readily available. At uh, one twenty-four today, we will do Oilers Now trivia for $50 gaming credit to Greta Bar. Again, that'll be at about one twenty-four. Uh, we are going to go into the Oilers prospect report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Chat Studios, Brennan Escott. Well, on Friday, as we talk goaltending, Anelia Konovalov got some relief action in this week after Eddie Pasquale was yanked from his most recent KHL start. It was the ninth appearance in the top league over in Russia this season. For the Oilers' third rounder from 2019, Konovalov now carries a 4-4-1 record and a 9-20 save percentage with Locomotive. Uh, Olivier Rodrigue did get another appearance for Grazers in the Austrian League and upheld his perfect record to date. He is now 5-0 in five appearances with a 9-10 save percentage. Uh, Stuart Skinner, Dylan Wells remain idle as far as official game action goes. Bouchard has a goal and an assist so far today for a Swedish team in the uh, second division, the Alls-Venskan. So he's continues on a red height. He's too good for that league. I mean, that's really kind of all there is to it. Anyhow, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. The voice from the past, the chiseler, has chimed in and says, Bob, this text comes to you from the friendly city down south. Won't ask you uh, this in two parts, only using this line one time. Uh, Impressive, Bob. Younger wife, 
heard Kathy's under 40. Happy birthday. Do we have a verbal agreement on this? I think he's trying to tie it in somehow, some way uh, to the ongoing discussions between the NHL and the NHLPA. All right. Former defenseman Mark. Here we go. Bob, we are all assuming the NHL will be able to play in the 2021 season. I think the uh, Major League Baseball and NFL have proved that. That can happen. Will the players play? Uh, they will if they want to get paid. Will they take a haircut? Of course. Deals are made all the time. As a business, if I pre-order a million units of an item and all of a sudden my customer changes their order, I call my supplier and inform them less of that item is needed. This would be accepted as a common practice. Deals change as circumstances change. What the players uh, have to realize is that they are quasi-business owners they need to realize that if revenue uh, they need to realize that if revenue is reduced their salaries will be reduced commensurate to that reduction that one comes to us from former defenseman mark again you can uh, text us at 780-496-0063 hacksaw says bob if the league plays two or three games in each city what about adding bonus points for teams that win each mini series? It would ratchet up the competition even more. Uh, I, to be honest with you, Hawks, I've never thought of that potential. Um, there you go. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Keep uh, keep sending them to us. <laughs> Haji, are you being serious here with this text uh, that we just got? Can somebody please notify the players that the Canadian federal government has several programs in place to help cover the burden of reduced work slash reduced pay due to COVID-19? Not to be facetious, but to expect full payment for only half the games played at a time of fiscal desperation will not win them support for many of their fans, even those in a union like myself from Haji. Ooh, I'm, I don't know if I'd want to go down that path if you're a player. Uh, there you go. Well, we'll keep her going. Keep texting us throughout the course of the uh, afternoon. Mark Spector's coming up. We're going to talk, actually, I'm going to steal a concept. I always like to credit the source. Reed Wilkins tweeted out yesterday, who's been the greatest coach in the history of Edmonton sports? And he listed Hugh Campbell along with Percy Page, Claire Drake, and Glenn Sather. That is going to be one of the themes to the discussion with Mr. Specter for the horses and horse racing Alberta at 105 today, but not before we go off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilbert. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.